Welcome to All Truth No Cap, a podcast for teenagers. Please take a second to follow and leave a review. This will allow the podcast to appear in feeds more frequently. If you do have a question or a topic that you'd like to hear, shoot me a message and we'll take some time to address that particular topic. Uh, my Instagram handle is at BenMorseyYP. Email ben.morsey at lbctheodore.com. Facebook, just Ben Morsey. Or if you are a Lighthouse teen, shoot me a text or uh, talk to me in a service. And like I said, I'll be happy to address those topics. Like I said, my goal is to help you navigate the world that you that you are living in. And uh, so please share the link and give others a chance to have that same uh, help uh, that you may have gotten. Today, uh, I'm actually taking this topic straight from a suggestion uh, from one of the Instagram uh, polls that I've put up. Uh, for the most part, as I ask those, you know, certain people put them on there and I'll address the issue, but kind of come at it a different way. But this particular one, I wanted to address just straight out. And uh, there's going to be multiple directions we come at it uh, just because of the day and age in which we live. And uh, just trying to, like I said, trying to help you as much as I can. You know, nowadays, uh, one of the uh, hot topics or one of the uh, hot button uh, issues or words, if you will, uh, is self-image. Um, we see a lot about uh, on Instagram and Facebook and uh, TikTok and Snapchat. We see all these different things where people are putting uh, what they consider their best foot forward or their best face out there. And we never see what we would consider uh, the negative, if you will. And so it's very easy sometimes to to get discouraged or depressed and see and say, hey, you know what? Uh, I don't I don't appear that way. Why don't I look like that? Why do I look like so and so? Why don't I talk like so and so? Or why why is my hair not like so and so? But you have to understand, and that's what we're going to look at today. You have to understand that number one, they you've never seen their negative side. All you see is they're put on, uh, whether it be makeup or, or all the all the the different uh, the clothing, the attire that they have. That's all you see. You never see the the down and out times, the times when they just woke up and their hair's a mess and their teeth, uh, or I'm sorry, their teeth aren't brushed and their breath stinks. You don't see any of that. And far too often, like I said, the devil's got us duped into thinking uh, that we should be like this person or like that person. When in all honesty, God created you to be you. It's self image. It's not like everybody else. It's self-image. It's you. It's your value is in Christ. Your value is what God, or the, the, the price or the value that God puts on you, not what other people say or what other people deem to be beautiful or what other people deem to be normal. That's all honestly irrelevant when it comes to uh, understanding that your value comes from what God, the value that God has placed on you. Really, the main verse I want to look at, and we'll look at a couple other verses as well, but the main verse I want to use really is the core of the whole thing is in Ephesians 2 10 Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 the Bible says for ye are his workmanship ye are his workmanship you know as a person as a human being uh, we are according to that verse God has designed us as his workmanship just for a little refresher a little bit of review go back to the beginning of the Bible we find the story of the creation and as you look through the story of the creation, the Bible says over and over, God spoke and it existed. He spoke uh, and God said, let there be light. And there was light, a fantastic miracle. And God separated the light from the darkness. And then God said, 
uh, that he wanted uh, the waters to move or uh, the the light to shine during the day and the the, the darkness to be during the night and and it was so and uh, the Bible says that God spoke and the water existed and God spoke and the fish existed and God spoke and uh, animals and plants and all of this stuff existed and really creation is to me the ultimate miracle maybe outside of the crucifixion and Christ dying on the cross for us the ultimate miracle. And God spoke all of that into existence, and it happened. God's omnipotence, God's power was revealed through the creation. But the amazing part of that story is after five days, God, um, the Bible says God created or God, God made man. If I can flip over there real quick, in uh, the book of, in Genesis, uh, we've, once again, all of the, um, uh, creation has happened, God spoke, and everything existed. But I want you to see a specific word here. The Bible says in uh, Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says in verse 26, it says, And God said, Let's, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fish, uh, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and in the, in, in the image of God, uh, created he him, male and female created he them. A little bit later in, um, oh, where'd it go? In uh, Genesis uh, chapter 1, uh, we find the fact that the Bible says that God stooped down to the earth and gathered up the dirt to form Adam. You know, uh, God didn't do that with any other thing. God didn't stoop down and gather up some dirt and form a palm tree. God didn't stoop down and gather up some dirt to make a tiger or a fish or the water or the light or even the earth. He just spoke and it existed. But God took special time, special care to make Adam. Then the Bible says that he brought uh, all the animals and things before Adam. Um, before him, and the Bible says that there was not found an helpmeet for him. And so the Bible says then that God told Ad or uh, made Adam go to sleep. And the Bible says that he took one of Adam's ribs and he formed Eve from that rib. Once again, we find he formed. He didn't speak, and Adam was there, and then Eve was there. He designed Adam and Eve. He formed them. He stooped down to the dirt and made, uh, whether clay or whatever, formed that being, and that was Adam, and then took that rib and formed flesh around that and the bones and the muscles and all that and formed Eve. So the first thing, teenager, I want you to understand is, first of all, you are God-designed, God-formed. He made you exactly how he wanted you to be. Now you think, well, wait a second, I don't look like, well, you're not supposed to. You were designed exactly how God wanted you to be. You ever seen art? Um, maybe at an art museum. you got to be, care be careful nowadays going to art museums. Uh, but you see art, whether it be a sculpture or a painting and things like that. And sometimes you look at it and you think, I, I wouldn't have done it that way. I would have I I done this or I would have done that. Now, some paintings you look at and think, that is amazing. But other ones you look at and think that maybe you would have done something differently or uh, maybe you would have uh, used some di a different color, things like that. But that's not your place because you're not the master. That's the painter's place, the sculptor's place, because he's the master. It's his workmanship. It's his masterpiece. We can sit back and criticize all we want, but you know how many artists care about what you and I think? None. 
because they are the masters. They know exactly what they're doing. They're not here to to impress us. They're here to put down what they feel is their best work. Once again, transition back to creation or to you and I being designed. God designed us. Jeremiah, the Bible says God knew Jeremiah when he was in the womb. He knew Isaiah the same way. Uh, he uh, The Bible says that uh, God... Um, uh, with Elizabeth and John the Baptist, the Bible says that uh, God uh, uh, formed him in the womb. You know, so often we look at it, like I said, our society tries to beat into our heads or beat into our brains that we're supposed to be this or we're supposed to be that, when in all honesty, none of that actually matters. Now, once again, there's nothing wrong with taking care of yourself. There's nothing wrong with addressing things that can be addressed. But far too often, we uh, take what the world says and say, and decide for ourselves, this is what beauty is, or this is what normal is. And God says, no, I designed you the way you are. Not everybody's meant to be the same person. What a boring world that would be. We all have different likes. We all have different li dislikes. We all have different appearances. We have different hair, different uh, uh, body shape, different body types. God designed us how, how he, exactly how he wanted us to be. And we see here in this, in that specific verse there in Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship. God took the time with Adam and Eve, formed them, designed them first, formed them, and then sat back and said that that was very good. He didn't think, oh man, I messed up on that dude's nose. Man, nope. God designed you exactly how he wanted you to be. Now wait a second. Wait, no, 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 no. What about mutations? I don't understand why. But God's allowed that to happen. In other words, it's not an accident. It's not a, uh, God's, uh, God's not all of a sudden mistaken. God knows exactly what he's doing. Then we have to trust him. And so teenager, next time you, you see, uh, you're tempted to begin to think, you know what, I'm not as uh, valuable because of this or because of that. Understand your value doesn't come from human beings. Your value doesn't come from your parents. Your value doesn't come from your pastor or, or your friends. Your value comes from Christ. Christ designed you exactly how he wanted you to be, and we are to be thankful for that. You know, I don't, Paul wasn't necessarily referring to it this way, but the, the famous verse of, I have learned in whatsoever state, or, I've learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. Are you content with how God designed you? Or are you constantly try, or worried about this, constantly trying to adjust or, or make, make this or do that? You know, once again, as I said, if it's a hygiene issue, fix it, because you can control your hygiene. Okay, you can control whether or not you take a bath or a shower. You can control whether or not you put on deodorant or use perfume or cologne or whatever. You can control all that. But God controls the rest of it. God controls uh, the shape of your face. God controls the size of your ears, uh, the, the size of your eyes, the size of your nose, uh, your height, your weight. Now, once again, we can talk about weight, and that's not necessarily for, for this time. But ultimately, God has designed you exactly how he wanted you to be. Rather than complaining about that and rather trying to, to improve upon it, go to God and say, God, you know what? I don't necessarily like this, but I believe you made me this way on purpose, and I'm going to trust you, and I'm thankful that you've given me the ability to live. You've given me the ability uh, to live my life, though I may not necessarily at this point like this or that about myself. Lord, I'm content. I'm not going to pursue chasing this or chasing that. I'm going to be content with how you designed me. Another uh, verse I want you to look at, and we'll come back to that one here at the end as well. Uh, but in Psalm 139, we find the famous verse uh, where David is talking, and he says, makes a statement. He says, For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Fearfully gives the indication of uh, time and effort. 
um, a, a very careful process. You know, um, you can always tell the difference in um, artwork with different people. Um, if you were to look at my drawings, I struggle with stick people drawings. I'm not an artist. It's ironic. My dad's a very good artist. Um, my uh, Really, I think he might be the only one in my family. Um, I think my sisters and I inherited our uh, artist ability, artistic ability from my mom, and uh, she would be uh, you know open about that. I'm not like I'm bashing on my mom on a, on a podcast, um, but my dad's a very good artist. In turn, actually, my, my uh, oldest is also a good artist i think inherited that from my dad uh, but it's one of those things you look at and you uh, you think okay uh, i'm going to sit down i just don't have the patience for it i probably could sit down and learn how to do it i just don't have the patience for it i'm trying to get things done as fast as i can try to try to get it taken care of uh, draw or whatever and as a result i'll take don't take any time with it but a true artist is going to sit down and he's going to plan he's going to figure out you know the the right dimensions to make things look uh the way it should be you think of kindergarten a lot of times kids come home with their pictures from art class in kindergarten mom dad look what i do look what i drew and you know mom or dad's head is as big as the page and then there's a tiny little body at the bottom of it why because that kid was just trying to get it done as fast as possible you're not going to find a whole lot of time spent on that but in turn the bible says god um where it says first of all that we're fearfully made so God took the time. We are, we are not just something thrown together. Not that, that speaking tigers and that into existence was just something thrown together because the Bible says that God does everything decently and in order. I understand all that. But in regards to the the value, the, the, um, the artist's work and time and effort that was put into it, we everything else pales in comparison to us. God took special time to design us and to form us and to make us how he wanted us to be. We are fearfully made. But the second thing he says is we are fearfully and wonderfully made. In other other words, the the idea of wonderful gives an indication that there's not any error, that it's just it's something wonderful. You think uh, of maybe uh, the best day you've ever had. It was a wonderful day or uh, something is somebody asks you, how's your day going? Wonderful. What does that indicate? That indicates that there's, you know, everything's going great. Sun is shining. Birds are chirping. Everything is wonderful. And that's how the indication that we're given there from David is David says, look, first of all, God took careful effort and careful consideration when he designed me and he formed me. But then on top of that, I am wonderfully made. I There's there's nothing wrong with me. I am made in, as Genesis says, in God's image. I'm made perfectly. I'm hand designed. I'm God designed, God formed. And really nobody has any right to say anything bad about that. You know, as I was thinking about uh, this podcast and thinking through some different things, I started thinking about uh, different cars. I'm not a car person, I'll just be honest with you, but I do know a little bit about them. Not necessarily engine, just different styles and types and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but one uh, one particular thought stuck out to me. You know, back in the uh, in the teens, in the 20s, 1910s, 1920s, uh, Henry Ford's uh, automobile became uh, the most popular car. It became the most popular car. One of the main reasons was uh, that uh, the assembly line process. Henry Ford uh, invented the process where uh, maybe I'm at my position on the assembly line and I would put the wheel assembly on, maybe screw in uh, on the left of the uh, driver's side, screw in my bolts and the car would move on and somebody a little bit further down might uh, put uh, the the right side or the passenger side wheels on and he'd screw that on. And every person had their job and what it would do is it would allow uh, cars to be produced more quickly or, or faster. And as a result, it would drive the cost down. There's more cars on the market, which means the cost of cars would go down. And I understand all that and, and the value uh, that Henry Ford saw in that. 
Now, ironically enough, the main thing that I've said, or I think I told my um, one of my classes this past week, uh, one of the things that uh, caused Ford to fall in the rankings was the fact that he refused to change from any color other than black. He designed the original Model T in black, and uh, his uh, some people came along and said, hey, you know what, um, we see the possibilities here if maybe we offer a blue, red, or whatever other options. He said, no, this is how I designed it, so I'm going to keep it. And so other companies came along and using the mentality of uh, the color allowed them, their car companies to rise and be equal or even surpass Ford. All that to say, or back to what I was saying originally, Ford designed that assembly line process. And so you could buy, I mean, uh, nowadays, even an expensive Ford, you're looking probably, even for an expensive Ford truck, you're looking probably seventy to $80,000, which I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like I have that sitting in the bank. But that, that, that's that's the relative cost of a car. So I was, as I was thinking about that, I thought of some expensive car companies. I just, for fun, looked up one in particular. There's a car uh, designed by Rolls-Royce. Uh, Rolls-Royce is a very uh, expensive car company, a very um, high echelon car company. And they produce a car called the Phantom. And the Rolls-Royce Phantom, it's a four-door car. And uh, inside, it's got uh, hand-carved uh, hand wood veneers. Um, it has, uh, just looking at a couple different thoughts here on it, um, it's got uh, the uh, everything inside is uh, the, the latest um, value or the latest uh, technology, all that kind of stuff. Uh, there's a lot of time, a lot of effort put into it. But one thing with the Rolls-Royce Phantom is it's not built by an assembly line. It's built by individuals, and they put one car together, and then they and then it uh, it's put out for sale, and they build another car. It's not mass produced. Uh, they they put it out uh, one. Uh, I'm not sure the actual uh, how often they're put out, but you can imagine. I mean, if you're building it that way, you can't be putting them out all that much, and so in turn, the rarity gives it value as long as as well as the uh, the quality of the car gives it value as well. So remember, I said a high quality Ford, maybe seventy to eighty thousand dollars. But these Rolls-Royce Phantoms, these that's not even a, a custom car. I know you say, well, this car, these cars are more expensive, right? But those are usually customized cars. That's why I have the value. This is just a car that is produced. It's produced the same way, uh, but it's produced by individuals. They, they as a team, put it together, finish that car, and move on to the next one, and then move on to the next one, rather than mass producing them. And so the, the mass-produced Ford is about seventy to eighty thousand dollars. The Rolls-Royce Phantom starts at $460,000. Now, once again, I'm not uh, taking away from a Ford that's $70,000 to $80,000. I'm just trying to help you see that a God designed, or not God designed, a, a an individually designed and built car has much more value than something that is mass produced. And I'm not taking away from the animals or anything like that, but God spoke and tigers existed. God spoke and horses existed and plants existed. But God formed Adam and Eve. Took the time to, to think through, fearfully design and build, form Adam. And then took the time to think through and form Eve. And it was, according to David, it was wonderful. It was without mistake. It was without error. 
So teenager, like I said, in today's day and age, like I said, you look at uh, Instagram, look at other social media, and sometimes you think, well, I'm not like so-and-so, and and I wish my nose looked like this, or my ears looked like that, or I wish uh, my eyes uh, were maybe a different shape or a different color and things like that. I wish I had a different body type and all that. That is all irrelevant because God designed you exactly how you wanted wanted you to be. You're not going to be happy. You're not going to be peaceful until you're content with that. Until you look and say, okay, you know, God, you designed me exactly how you wanted me, how you wanted me to be. I'm going to trust you and be content and move on with your life. That's not to say people may not say, well, this and that about you. But honestly, once again, who cares? All that matters is what God thinks of you. All that matters is what your designer thinks about you. You know, you can't improve on perfection. You can't do it. Um, God designed you exactly how he wanted you to be. And you can try and try and try and try and try and try, but you'll never improve on what God designed, what God formed. You'll never improve on his masterpiece. As I said, you don't go to an art museum and say, well, you know what? I think Van Gogh should have done it this way. Or I think Leonardo da Vinci should have done it this way. Because you you and I were nobodies. Leonardo da Vinci and Van Gogh, they said, hey, you know what? This is my masterpiece. It doesn't matter what anybody says. This is I put all my time, put all my effort into this. I'm pleased with it. God did the same with you and I. Took the time and effort to form you and I. And then she did what? It is very good. Accept that. Be happy. Be content. And the peace, as Philippians says, the peace, the path of understanding, that'll keep you happy. That'll keep you, keep you uh, content. That'll keep you uh, in his care going forward. Now, I might hit some uh, some self-image stuff later. Uh, maybe it's different things come up or whatever, but I kind of want to just hit a, a quick um, podcast, a quick uh, topic uh, of that and just kind of help you. Like I said, I know the world you live in is uh, becoming more and more visually affected, and so it's, sometimes it's easy to uh, be judgmental of ourselves. But uh, I, I hope it's been a help to you. And like I said, if you have any other topics, any other thoughts that you'd like to hear about, go ahead and shoot it my way. But until next time, We'll see you later.